This is Misty Green, and you are listening to the I Lead Podcast, a space to engage instructional leaders for excellence, action, and development, where we will reflect, explore, and move ideas into action. This episode is part three of our Planning for Success series. During this series, we have focused on planning for success by incorporating lesson planning practices that will enhance Tier 1 instruction, which will support us in ensuring that our first teach is, in fact, our very best teach. In Part 1 of our series, we discussed prioritizing high-leverage skills and standards, and in Part 2, we dove into deconstructing standards to identify prerequisite skills needed to achieve mastery on priority standards. To increase your instructional planning capacity, consider listening to the previously released iLead podcast episodes. In this episode, we're going to continue increasing our instructional toolkits by diving into the practice of creating aligned learning targets, also known as learning objectives. You might be thinking, Misty, I already create learning objectives. I've got this down packed. First, I would like to applaud you for including a learning objective into your lesson plan. I would also ask that you reflect on the process you use to design a learning objective. As you reflect, ask yourself these five questions. Do you align the learning objectives to the day's focus standard, reflecting on both the level of rigor and the concept? Are your learning objectives clear, concise, and challenging? Do you reference the day's learning objective throughout the entire lesson? Do you consider the learning objective as you plan or script your entire lesson, every single teacher move? When designing learning objectives, do you review how the state or your district has previously assessed the standard your learning objective is anchored to? And do you rely on this observation as you develop a lesson's learning objective? If any of these questions gave you pause or a moment of, hmm, then you have found yourself in great company. Let's dive into the relevance of learning objectives and the process used to create them. In working with instructional leaders, PLCs, and groups of teachers, I've noticed educators have difficulty designing aligned lesson learning objectives. The shared frustration of educators isn't rooted in a lack of will. Rather, it presents itself as an underdeveloped or undersupported skill. If you are an instructional leader, I urge you to enhance your own skill set in designing learning objectives so that you're positioned to support those you lead. Your credibility is on the line every single time you step foot into a PLC. I challenge you to ensure your own toolkit is vast 
and presents itself as an asset to help and to support others. Designing aligned lesson objectives is a skill that requires you to be in the work. Literally, you must be in the work of unpacking and deconstructing standards. You must have a strong grasp of rigor and relevance, and you must know how to access and support others in accessing previously released assessment items, period. There is not a short path to designing aligned lesson objectives. This practice doesn't just fall in your lap because you like the content or enjoy the concept you will be teaching or even because you have a super cool activity you have used year after year. Nope, (laughs) that's not going to cut it when it comes to creating aligned learning objectives. To become proficient in writing a learning objective, you must become familiar with the process. Know what to extract or lift from the standard and be prepared to wordsmith the mess out of your learning objective and ask others to give you feedback. The following steps must be included when designing an aligned learning objective. First, Unpack the lessons focus standard. Remember, a quality tier one teach is anchored to a specific standard. To unpack a standard, you'll need to identify the noun or nouns, the verb or verbs, and the concept. You can visit the iLead YouTube channel to learn more about unpacking a standard. You may be thinking, Misty, why do I need to unpack the standard? We unpack the standard so that we are mindful of the level of rigor and the concept included within the standard. This will make us as educators accountable to designing a lesson objective that is aligned to the focus standard. Consider if the standard reads, create, two-dimensional shapes based on given attributes, including number of sides and vertices. Our learning objective must include a verb such as create or a synonym for the word create. Many educators would shift the lesson and the lesson activities to labeling, identifying, or classifying. Can an educator provide exposure to label, identify, or classify? Possibly. But what specifically is the standard expecting a student to master? The standard states, create two-dimensional shapes based on given attributes. And this is why it is important to unpack and deconstruct a lesson's focus standard prior to creating the learning objective. It would not be far-fetched to predict that a classroom observation might include observing students manipulating 3D shapes during this particular lesson. Are you able to identify the misalignment to the standard? A principal or an administrator walks in the room. The standard is posted. The LO is posted. 
we're talking about creating two-dimensional shapes, but the observation, what we see is students manipulating three-dimensional shapes. Remember what the standard read, create two-dimensional shapes based on given attributes. There would be no reason to move the students to manipulating three-dimensional shapes at this time. You must first ensure your students master the concept of 2D shapes. That is the charge of the standard. That is the purpose of why we live within our focus standard, unpack it and deconstruct it to ensure our lesson objective is firmly aligned. Now let's move to step two. Once you have unpacked a standard, you're now aware of the level of rigor your lesson must include. Here is where I have observed PLCs face an impasse. Teachers love their students and they often feel the need to protect them and to ensure they are able to reach mastery at the end of a lesson. Teachers decrease the rigor of the lesson, which results in misaligned instruction. In doing this, teachers, you're actually widening your students' learning gaps. It is not about what your students can't do or what the teacher last year didn't do. It is about what you are able to do. You are able to remain aligned to the level of rigor within the standard. This is where the magic happens. This is where you get to differentiate for your students, the students you love so deeply. Keep the expectations high and aligned. Transcend the negative narratives that plague your students and scaffold your students towards success. Next, your learning objective should be clear, kind, and concise. The learning objective provides the path to mastery. It provides you with an accountable route and your students with clarity about the learning for the day. The learning objective is done for students. It is not done to students. It is not punitive. The learning objective is done as a support for students. It is okay to include the pronoun we. Example, we will create two-dimensional shapes based on given attributes, including number of sides and vertices. You must be intentional about including the learning objective during the introduction or the hook of your lesson. Get your students enthused about the learning for the day and to provide them with the roadmap or your expectations for the day. Including the learning objective is a quick hit or a quick teacher move. It should be posted for all students to see and be able to be referenced throughout your lesson. Let's say the word attribute included in the standard is unfamiliar to your students. This is where you expose students to tier three academic vocabulary with your support as the way maker or the guide. Again, this is a quick hit. 
it might sound something like, "Mm, today we're going to create two-dimensional shapes based on given attributes. Attributes? Does anyone know what that word means? Attributes. Hmm. Let's continue reading to see if this sentence gives us a clue. Create two-dimensional shapes based on given attributes, including number of sides and vertices. Attributes. Attributes. Characteristics. Traits. What is an attribute of Mrs. Green? Mrs. Green's hair color is one of her attributes. Her hair color is dark brown. Attributes are the characteristics of someone or something. Maybe hold up a square. How many vertices or corners does a square have? Point to each vertice with your finger and count aloud. Say one, two, three, four. So an attribute of a square is that it has four vertices or four corners. Now, what have I done just then? Did I stay there for a very long period of time to hit the word vertice? Absolutely not. I continued to say four vertices or four corners, letting the students connect the word vertice to corner. Remember, we could say to the students, um, vertice is a word we learned last week, and it means, and hopefully your students would join in and saying aloud, corner. You would praise them and continue moving with your lesson. You may be thinking, Misty, the learning objective sounded like the standard, with just we will being placed at the beginning. You caught that, hmm? <laughs> Wonderful. There's no reason to reword a standard if it presents itself as understandable, clear, concise, and challenging. And finally, I mentioned this just a few moments ago. The standard should be posted in your classroom for all students to see, and your learning objectives should be posted as well, and it should be referenced throughout the course of your lesson. Remember, your learning objective is done for your students. It provides them a guide toward mastery. After identifying your lesson's focus standard, designing an aligned learning objective is a, is, is a simple feat, and it serves as the first bookend or goalpost in the lesson design. A well-written and aligned lesson objective ensures your instruction is aligned to end of your mastery and that you're providing your students with quality or on-level tier one instruction. Going back to what I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, ensuring that your tier one instruction is in fact your first and best teach. I mentioned in the beginning of this episode that this was part three of a three-part series. To continue enhancing your instructional toolkit, consider listening to parts one and two of this series, or in fact, visiting our YouTube channel so that you can see these particular episodes in a visual representation through a presentation. As always, I'm so excited to know that you are joining into the episodes to learn about enhancing your own uh, instructional toolkit. 
Join us next time as we discuss planning for success using instructional bookends. Thanks for listening to the iLead podcast with your host, Misty Green. You can connect with me on Twitter at Misty Green iLead. To access available resources, visit www.ileadconsulting.net. Until next time, let's keep moving the needle toward excellence.